after I did my first retreat, I walked away and I'm like, I want more. I <laughs> want more. All right, guys, growing your wellness business doesn't have to mean working around the clock and feeling exhausted. So welcome to the Healthy Hustle Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Feldman, and I have been in your shoes. I've been in the wellness space for over nine years, and I know what it feels like to feel overwhelmed. I took my wellness business from 13K that first year and feeling fried and exhausted to over six figures. Now I am a business coach for health and wellness professionals just like you, and I create done-for-you content and programs to help you save time and money so you can spend more time nailing down your niche, understanding your buyer avatar, attracting your ideal client, and building your business from the ground up the right way. So sit down and let's get started. All right, guys, I'm really excited to have my good friend Lisa here. I asked her here because I have followed her on her building her business and her journey, and she has successfully been able to see clients, do retreats, which is something that she loves. And so today we're going to talk about what she does, who she serves, how she gets her clients, so that might help you in your own journey. Lisa, I'm so excited for you to be here. Thank you. I am really excited to be here today. This is such an honor to be in Zoom with you and Aww. be able to share and talk and have Ms. Rachel Feldman like live with me. It's so <laughs> awesome. Oh, you're so sweet. Well, tell me, tell the audience a little about yourself. Sure. So my name's Lisa Bergen. I am an integrative health practitioner who started her business back in 2018 when I was diagnosed with a couple autoimmune conditions and I needed to figure out what was going on in my system. I made a 365 degree career change from selling all natural dog food to Oh, wow. Going from helping dogs and cats get healthy to helping humans um, get healthy. And that was a very big career change for me. I used to travel on the road five days a week for 17 years. Oh, wow. And it totally took my immune system and it, it burned me out completely. Right. And when my Hashimoto's and my hypothyroidism took a turn, my body was in complete shock and didn't know what was going on. Did you, similar to many other people who are listening, did you go to doctors and have just no results? I did. And and I did. I went to, when I lived in New Jersey, I'm sorry, when I lived in, I lived in Jersey too, but when I lived in Maryland, um, you know, when you're working, you get sometimes in the corporate world, insurance companies will give you money back in your pocket if you continue with your, your wellness exams and do your yearly um, physical and I got a call from my doctor. I had done that, that my blood work was not good. And I went, wow. well, how could that be? Like, how could that be? I was an avid runner. I ate, thought I ate real healthy. Um, I was not overweight. I actually was at a perfect weight. And then right. I get this call that says, oh, I need to send you for an ultrasound. And I said, an ultrasound for what? And she said, well, your thyroid numbers are through the roof. And I went, well, how could that be? And she didn't have any answers for me other than to send me for an ultrasound. And I had two small nodules on my thyroid. And 
she said, well, I need to send you an endocrinologist. So I went to an endocrinologist to find out about this diagnosis that I knew nothing about. No one in my family had thyroid and my mom never had a thyroid condition. Right. And, I, my, and I was like, what is going on here? So when I went to the endocrinologist, she said, well, you're not a candidate for medication. So there's nothing I can do for you. Oh, and wow. I went, okay. So I started researching and researching. And then when I moved to Florida seven years ago, everything took a turn. The weight came on, the exhaustion happened. I couldn't um, work my full-time job. Every day that I traveled, I had to pull over on the side of the road and take a 20-minute cat nap just so I could drive home because wow. the fatigue was unreal. And I saw an endocrinologist here in Florida, up where I live in Jacksonville, and he wanted to put me on medication. He said, you know, your thyroid numbers are borderline. He said, but you would feel better if we could get your number to this range. I said, okay. Right. Well, I wasn't sure about the medication at first because I didn't know, right? When you're new and you have this diagnosis, you research and you try to find things that you're not sure about. Right. Well, I had a reaction to the medication. Oh, wow. And I tried it, had a reaction. He said, well, I could put you on another one. I said, I don't want it. I said, I don't want to be a medicine. He goes, well, this is all I can do for you. And the only two medications I can put you on are the ones that I have here in my practice. I said, nope, I'll find another doctor. Well, lo and behold, did I find out the medication I was on had gluten in it. And I didn't know that I was sensitive. So I did. I went doctor after doctor, told me time after time again, I can't do, there's your, there's nothing I can do for you. Your, your levels are not where they need to be in order for me to take it further. I said, I'll take matters in my own hand and figure this out on my own. I think that's a story that I know many of us have heard. And I always say there are amazing doctors out there. They're just, it's hard to find. And it's hard it to is. find somebody who practices that integrative medicine, which is what usually brings us to say that we're going to start doing this this kind of practice on our own. So what was that turning point for you to say, I have to leave the dogs and the cats? Honestly, the turning point was pulling over on the side of the road. I was scared to drive home. And the longest drive was three, three and a half hours. I was scared. I was scared that I was going to fall asleep. And not only am I putting my life at risk, I'm putting somebody else's life at risk. I can't and imagine the fact- level of exhaustion. Yeah, exhausted, exhausted. I couldn't, I could not fathom what was happening in my body with, I thought I was in adrenal burnout and it could have been from the stress of the traveling, right? I also went through two really horrific divorces and I think over time, all of this had added up and the fact that because I didn't know I had a condition that it all just hit me at once. And that was the turning point. I'm like, you know what? There's got to be something that I can do within the knowledge that I have about nutrition to help other people get healthy, but do it from the the convenience of my own home. And that's when I went back to school in 2018 to become a health coach first and then a life coach. And then I wanted to learn more about the body. So I went and became certified in all seven full body systems. And then went on to becoming a functional nutrition and lifestyle practitioner through Functional Nutrition Alliance and then going on to the boards to get board certified. 
Wow, what a story. I think so many people who are listening can identify with that because it's like, you know that there's something deeper that's going on and it's a root cause and you just want to keep searching for that. So bring me up to speed. Who are the women that you help today? So the women that I help today are the women that are going through that gut-wrenching hormonal changes. So anyone that's perimenopausal, anyone that's menopausal, or anyone that has a chronic health challenge that isn't getting the answers that they deserve where they're not going back to the root cause to help them embrace and find better wellness. Because when we think about embracing well-being, we have to think about everything. We have to go deeper into that lens and start slow go low, start slow, and understand that there is a matrix, there is an epigenetic to find that root cause of what might be going on in your system. And do you see, do you work with people one-on-one or in a group atmosphere? How did you decide to work with each? So I, I did both when I first started. And honestly, I truly love the one-to-one experience. Yeah. So do I. I do. It's I interesting. Do. Whenever, whenever I would, when I was in school, um, they were like, "Oh my God, you're going to do groups." I was like, "I have to do one on one," and I feel like, especially in the beginning, it's great to start with one on one, where you get comfortable, you create your try and true system that you're going to take your group through, so that you have that experience, and then it's great to branch out into groups. That's right. Absolutely. So I. I did both. I did group programs for, I think it was two years, maybe three years. And then I decided, you know what? That connection, that deeper connection, just like this, right? Right. It's just so much more gratifying to me to know that, hey, I'm I'm working with you. You've got my eyes. You've got my ears. You've got everything. And you can do that in a group. But you can't do that in a group. Well, you can always do a hybrid approach, which is a group and one-on-one. Because I feel like that is such a sweet spot where that person's getting that group community, but you're also doing the one-on-one. Well, sure. So what I chose to do was take my group and create a retreat out of it. Yes. So talk to me about retreats. What, What in your belly said, I have to do a retreat? Oh, my God. You know... A retreat is just transformative. When being in a room with seven or eight other women, holding them in that container for four or five days is like, oh, my heart just, my soul gets soothed. Taking them through an experience and making that life changing for them is joy every day of my life. And what were the steps that you took initially? You said, I want to create a treat. Did you put an outline together? What were the steps that you took? So I did create an outline. Um, I created sessions by the day. So for me, I like to have a theme. I liked my retreat to be based on a theme, whether that simplify to amplify, like simplify your results to amplify energize your soul, something related to the whole atmosphere, but right. on the life coaching side of things, because you can't have health in life without each other. And one goes hand in hand. 
so when I, when the when the theme came to me, then I would sit down and put an outline together. Okay, do I want, oh do I want to have a welcome reception? Do I want to do a session that night? Do I want to, how many sessions do I want each day? And then do I want to include meals? Do I want to include activities? Do I want to include lodging, right? So my my goal was I wanted to include everything. I wanted to give them one number, one investment price, and this is what you get in this container. So I started to do retreats. My very first one was October of 2022. I had eight women sold it out within two months of time, eight oh, women. Wow. Um, so eight, including myself, so seven women. And I was nervous. My God, I had notes everywhere, <laughs> right? The like currency of the reality of <laughs> being nervous to launch our stuff, which we do. I still get launched. I, I'm working on a program right now for health coaches. And it's like, I still get nervous. Like that nervousness is we have to embrace that fear and lean into it. Absolutely. I mean, I was using like my motivate from Tara, like on my <laughs> neck, on my wrist, like when everybody came and like you sit there and you're the star of the show. Right. Right. But what I will tell the audience here is, yes, I embraced opening up that retreat and going into it with, okay, You've got to have flexibility to know that it may not go the way you plan. And you've got to be prepared to be able to pivot if that doesn't, if that should happen, right? Because in your mind, you've got an experience you want to provide for them. You put together the agenda, but oftentimes it may go south, but it may go north. And then you've got to be able to balance that as the retreat leader. Right. And and what I found was patience, right? Patience and understanding, but allowing your me as the leader to be open to, okay, if we didn't get to this session, that's okay. We'll right. get to the next The session. flexibility. I always say you have to have flexibility within your coaching because you don't know what's going to come up. That's and right. sometimes what comes up is so beautiful that you don't want to kind of push it to the side. That's right. Absolutely. hundred percent. And there's a flow, right? So when I prepare my retreat, I have a flow of how the day and the night is going to go. And for me, I'm a, I'm a planner. So I write everything down and I don't type it. I handwrite it. I am a visualization girl. I've got to see it all on paper to know this goes with this, this goes with that. Now, I'm not perfect. I won't wear the badge of being perfect. I'm going to, there's going to be things that are going to come and they're going to go and it's going to sound right and it's going to look good. But when you get there, it's like, oh, well, that doesn't go. Because you got to have the vibe of the women that are there, right? You've got to think about the energy that's coming in. Well, what I will say is, after I did my first retreat, I walked away and I'm like, I want more. I <laughs> want more. This was my container of, holy crap, did I just lead eight women? Told you, like, you have to do a mastermind, a three-month mastermind, and then a retreat at the end. Oh, right. Sure. Create that. Absolutely. So I like that idea of a mastermind of group and then giving them the retreat and keeping it included yeah. into their embracement. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because then you could do a mastermind with one-on-one sessions, but in a group atmosphere. 
That's right. And have the hybrid and model. And a retreat. Are you struggling with email marketing for your coaching business? Building an email list is crucial to connect with your clients and increase conversions, but it's not easy. That's where the Cleaning Hacks List Builder and Marketing Kit comes in. You'll get everything you need to build an email list of raving fans and potential clients, including a lead magnet, cover images, opt-in page, thank you page, and follow-up emails. And the best part, it's completely free. And if that isn't enough, has also created video guides to walk you step-by-step through the setup process. Download your free kit and make it happen. Did you hire a chef or did you make the food? So my very first retreat, I didn't hire a chef, but I did cater it. So locally where I live. So my retreats were 45 minutes away. My first retreat was 45 minutes away. So I had to cater a local where I live that actually drove and catered lunch and dinner for both days. So my so my very first retreat was from a Thursday to a Sunday, Thursday night to a Sunday morning. I, breakfast, we did breakfast. It was continental style breakfast, but a healthy style breakfast because remember, you got to have health in mind. Yes. So all of our meals were gluten-free. They were dairy-free. Um, and our, our I had it planned on, you know, a protein, making sure that plate was balanced. And then, of course, I had coffee, I had tea, I had water. There was obviously everything was in that health space of becoming, how do you, how can you become a better version of yourself when you leave right. this retreat? And I break the bubble because remember, I'm keeping them in a bubble in a container. And then once I let them go, what is it going to look like for you outside of that? Right. And to this day, I will say this, my client that attended my retreat, came back again and came back to another one. So I've had multiple people that have come to three and four of my retreats and they've become friends. I created a Facebook chat message for all the retreat people for each retreat and they all talk. They've gotten together outside of the retreat um, because most of them were local. I actually had a cookie exchange at my house last December, not this December, the December of 22, and had the retreat ladies come to my house for a cookie exchange so that everybody could celebrate the end of the year. They could get ready to start the new year. So they've all developed this friendship of sisterhood, and they would not have done that had I not brought them together in an experience to show them there's more out there for you. Well, and I think the beauty of retreats is that you have your clients enter this, like they come out butterflies from being a caterpillar because you have these intensive days. It's almost like doing a VIP day with somebody. You have intensive working with that one person that they come out a completely different person. Absolutely. hundred thousand percent. Um, And then... There were some people that had never worked with me that had come to the retreat and then they became a client of mine after the retreat because they got that experience, not just of being in community and connection and sisterhood, but they get that experience of me to know that I can lead them through this. Right. Wow. I love that. So tell me, what were the ways that you marketed the retreat? So I did a lot of social media marketing. Um, I did a lot of marketing uh, through stories, through video of stories. Um, I did some reels to do it. So mainly social media and my email list. 
and my Facebook group. So those were the prime, the main prime resources of marketing. And marketing could be challenging. I'm not going to, I'm going to be transparent here. Marketing can be challenging at times. And if you're consistent and you stay consistent, you're going to sell those retreats out. All four of my retreats that I have done have sold out. Oh, wow. And how long did you give to market the retreat? You said two months earlier. Um, sometimes I did three. So like, I already know this year when my retreats are, I, I'm doing two this year, one in May and one in October. And I plan to start marketing next month for the May retreat. Nice. And then I'll probably start in June for the October retreat. And so I'm assuming at each retreat with the theme, you're teaching different elements, teaching absolutely. I am. No retreat was the same. No retreat was the same. The sessions were different. The information they received was different. What they walked away with was different. Absolutely. Even though some of the same people came, I had three, four people that followed me for four retreats from wow. October of 22 to That's my great. last one of October of 22. to your work. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. And they all said, this was so different. This wasn't like the first one. This wasn't like the second <laughs> one. And I said, well, no, because they all need to be different. Do you get a different experience every time you come? Because right. there's a different energy in the room and you're learning something different. Do you do them all locally? So I did three locally. Um, last May, I did one in the Georgia mountains. So I drove on. Oh, so it's, it's technically supposed to be five hours away, but with traffic plan on a little bit more, but that stretched me out of my comfort zone because I did not have catering. So we actually cooked the meal. So oh, nice. two of the girls that came with me on the retreat actually volunteered to cook. I like to stay out of the kitchen as much as possible. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, I love to cook, don't get me wrong, but as a retreat leader, you can't do everything. You've yeah. got to delegate something. So I actually had somebody in charge of the cooking, which was nice, and it worked out perfect. Um, but we did go to the mountains. We did something completely different. Um, the theme was energize your soul because when you're in the mountains, you're soul soothing, you're searching, you get grounded. Right. So our theme was very different um, in the mountains than it was locally here in Florida. But both retreats in 24 are going to be in Florida. If you're, if you're a coach and you want to plan your first retreat, what is something that you would have done different? Something I would have done different is I would have liked to talk to other people that had done retreats in this small capacity because I'm very intimate. I want my retreats to be intimate. I don't want them to be huge because I want everyone to feel welcomed. I feel that I probably could have had a little better guidance. Now, with that being said, because I have such organizational skills, I knew what I planned was, was spectacular. Oh. I think from a guidance perspective, I would have liked to have a, more guidance on pricing and contract um, because of cancellations and giving refunds. I, I would have loved to get more guidance in that aspect. That's such great advice for, for anybody listening, because I think we don't think about the contracts or we get scared to do contracts with people. Correct. Don't be, don't. And have a refund policy, but have a refund policy laid out where up to a certain amount of time, you'll give them X amount back versus right. 
nothing at all because again when you are planning a retreat and you're making deposits and you're trying to get catering and lodging and activities you've right. got to put money down on that yeah and it's your time as well so you've got to be in got to keep in mind and be mindful that they're not always going to get all their money back so i highly recommend you either have a clause get that contract and make sure you have a commitment Right. So that they understand that laid out, this is what's involved. This is your commitment. This is my commitment and the pricing structure, the way it should be laid out. How Highly you recommend approach that. your pricing? So I approached my pricing based on what I thought was fair and reasonable, looking at what other people had charged for a retreat. I wanted to, I wanted to make a certain amount of money and I didn't want to overburden my clients either with the right. with the investment. So I went low and I started slow and I've slowly increased my investment for the retreat now. But when I first started, I had no clue what to charge. I had no right. idea. But now I kind of have a different, you know, pricing model based on the experience that they want to get. Right. What's the experience that I want to give the people that come. And I think and that's such valuable advice for anyone pricing because it's like we have to really price on that transformation. Correct. That is correct. And sometimes we price on like what's included instead of what that transformation is that they're going to get. Sure. And remember, you're the leader and yeah. your time is just as valuable. You have to remember it's not so much, it's not a per session price. I looked at it from an aspect of everything right i'm on you're on you're on you're the leader from the time they get there till the time everybody leaves right and there is no downtime for you your downtime is after and so when i looked at the strategy of well what do i want to charge versus what do i want to what's the profit i want to make and my last retreat and i'll be transparent i didn't make as much as i wanted to Right. But I was okay with that because the value I provided was more important than what I took home. And that's, again, what you said, it's the transformation. Yeah. So one other thing I highly suggest is when you, if you do put a retreat together, make sure you take off the next day to give yourself some downtime. Yeah, such an important, I would say, take off the next two days to give yourself downtime to rejuvenate. That's right. Well, you're still, because you're still on the high when you come yeah. home because they're on their high. Yeah. And then you get up the next day and you're like, oh, now what? What's next? <laughs> and then the next day you're right. It's like, oh my gosh, did I just do that? Yeah. And yeah, I agree. 100%. 100%. What would you say for a coach who is marking themselves in 2024? What do you think are some important things to keep up with? As far as retreats are concerned or anything or in general? Or just in general. Rest. Don't do not do everything. Don't do everything yourself. If you can delegate one thing, delegate it. Yeah. Even if it's something small. And don't beat yourself up if you get a no. Because you're going to get a no. Yeah. And that no opens yourself up to a yes. And just don't beat yourself up. We all, we all know that we want to get clients, we want to help people, we have that passion and we have that drive. But just be open that, hey, maybe it won't be a good fit. The more consistent you are, the more you put yourself out there, 
the more you're going to get back. That's such good advice. That's such good advice. What do you think for a coach who's just starting out? What do you think are some really important key aspects of building a business? Have a plan. Know who you serve. Your niche is important. It is. The coaching space is crowded. And the more you can be specific to what you do and who you serve, the better you're going to attract and make sure you have a business coach in your back corner to help you get started. I know for me, I hired five coaches back to back in the beginning and they all had something that I wanted. And we didn't even, my first coach, we didn't even go over a business plan. It was all, I spent six months pulling out for myself, all the fears that I had about showing up Mm -hmm. and all the fears I had about rejection and old stories that I had, childhood trauma that I had. And it was like, she helped me to become myself. Tell me to, to show up as my true self. I've had, I think I've had, God, I've been doing this since end of 18. Um, really push, put a push on my business in 19. And then I left corporate the end of 19 and went full force 2020, right before COVID hit. And I, when I had worked with my very first business coach back in early 19, I was like, oh my God. Did I just do that? <laughs> but you know what? It was the best thing I did because she taught me a strategy that I wouldn't have learned to this yeah. day. Yeah. And strategy and tactics are important, but what's more important is who you show up as. Yes. Yeah. That is what is so important. What's the energy that you want to put out there? Because that's the energy you're going to get back. Oh, I love that. That's so true. Do you think that we've covered everything for today as far as retreats, launching your business? Oh, my God. We covered a lot. I loved it. (laughs) Yeah, we covered a lot for sure. I mean, I don't want to say that I'm I'm not a seasoned entrepreneur. I still learn every day. I every think we all do. I think day. even when we're seasoned, we have these moments where we push ourselves to another place of our work that we're astonished that we did. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. And just remember, more is more. Abundance is everywhere. Clients are out there. Yeah. Just show up as you. Have the belief in yourself. And when you have that belief in yourself, anything is Well, we'll end there. Guys, make sure to follow this amazing woman. You'll have in the show notes her information. And if you are starting your business, just be consistent. Don't let that fear step in. That fear is going to be there, but you've got to lean into the fear and make sure that you're still showing up in a way that's going to serve yourself and also serve your ideal client. And just as Lisa said, be specific. Your niche is so important and getting specific in your message is what's going to stop that scroll and allow your ideal client to get to know you. So share those, share those parts of your story, just like Lisa shared her story so authentically and so real and with transparency. Those are the stories that are going to help your ideal client fall in love with you. So thanks, Lisa, for being here. Thank you, Rachel. All right. I will see you guys on the next episode. All right, guys, that is all for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show 
so you don't miss any future episodes. While you're there, it would mean the world to me if you take just a few seconds and leave me an honest review. Truth is, I love honesty. Your reviews help me to reach even more health coaches and wellness professionals who are ready to explode their business and want the truth in this non-BS approach. You can find all the links and the information mentioned in this episode at www.rachelafeldman.com backslash podcast. All right, so don't forget to tag me on Instagram at Rachel A. Feldman and let me know what was your favorite part of the episode. This will help me to create even better content for you, bring on awesome peeps to tell you the truth about how they built their business, plus other speakers to help you take your business to the top without overwhelm. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you guys soon.